You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Welcome to Radical Australia and Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscana. Kelly Whitworth, the world's greatest producer, is here once again to make sure you listen to this program and access the podcast on 3cr.org.au. Kelly. Joe. Did you put your hand in the Snowtown barrel this morning? I did. And what did we pull out? This afternoon. This afternoon, I should say. And what did we pull out? Oh, a very interesting guest this week, Joe. Hang on, hang on. That's my job to find out if they're interesting or not. That's not your job to pre you know, suppose that they're interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you pulled out a guest. I did. Who is it? It's Mr. Brendan Bonsack. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Brendan. I've never been called Mr. before. <laughs> well, it's about time you were. Are you a doctor? <laughs> no, I'm not a doctor. Well, then you're a mister, aren't you? I'm not a surgeon either. No. Well, <laughs> maybe you're non-binary. You're neither mister or missus. Or no. miss. Or miss. Could be, who knows? Now, Brendan, this is an interesting program for you and hopefully (laughs) for the listeners. Now, look, um, we don't ask much of you. We just ask, just have a chat for 56 minutes, no advertisements, nothing. Just you, me, and occasionally Kelly will butt in if I'm rude. (laughs) Now, what did you think of the Snowtown analogy and us pulling you out of the Snowtown barrel? Oh. It actually flew yeah. over my head. <laughs> I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. He's not hanging on you every word. Isn't that surprising? No. Shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. You don't remember Snowtown? As in the massacre? Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't a massacre. It was just they just killed people and put them in barrels. and So she put her hand in the barrel and pulled you out? Mm-hmm. Saved your life? Saved my life. Yeah, she's the producer. I'm not a, a zombie. <laughs> no, no, no. She saved your life. Now, Brendan, this is very, very uh, undergraduate, but uh, this is a serious program. And what's the first thing you can remember about being on planet Earth? Oh, wow. The first thing I can remember about being on planet Earth. That's interesting. Um, I, had a, uh, I had an accident when mm. I was probably around four or five. And that left an impression, and I can actually remember the accident itself. So that's probably a really early memory. I was running around a 
football field. My father used to play football for... He used to play in the VFL, the mm-hmm. VFA, and this one was a VFA match, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I was running around, probably playing chasey or something like that with my cousins. And, you know, in those days, everyone used to park their cars around the edges yep, of the yep, ovals. Yep. Um, and there was a like a tray truck parked there, a little bit further out, hanging a little bit further out than the other cars. And I just ran straight into the back of it. Ooh. And I can actually remember seeing the the you know the brake light yes yes and collecting with it i can't remember immediately what happened after that but i do remember my mother being in my mother's arms mm. and bleeding everywhere yeah and um her running around the oval mm-hmm. calling out for a trainer right and she had a little handkerchief yep and it had um Donald Duck on it. Right. And right. I remember Donald Duck really vividly. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being on my face. And I remember going to the children's hospital. And I had to have, I think it was 21 stitches or something. 21 at the and, age of And that's four. in a small face, yeah. So Whoa. I must have been <laughs> extremely uh, messed up. Yeah. Uh, you can still see the scar in certain light. Right. Um, right. But, yeah, I remember that vividly. Yeah. Um, Possibly more than my mother. She doesn't really remember as much detail as I can't believe that. She doesn't remember that pivotal moment in your life. Well, you know, you probably uh, you she, probably bury these kinds of things, don't you? Well, the trauma that or, children or put maybe, you through. Maybe one of these bumbling kids had accidents every second day. That's what she can. Well, that is, that is kind of true. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did fall off a bridge as well. Oh, you fell off a bridge? <laughs> Tell us about that. Oh, that's fascinating. That was um, – my father remembers this one vividly uh, because he was, he was given the task of um, taking – I was a family of four, but mm. my other two siblings weren't born at that time. So two brothers who were extremely active uh, went to the park and um, I think this was probably – my father was quite young, early 20s, and, uh, you know, mostly worked full-time and this was one of his rare – at rare occasions where he took both children That's right. on his own. Bonding, bonding, yeah. bonding, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a park somewhere, I think in Montmorency or Greensboro or something like that. Um, and my younger brother climbed up a slide mm. and he was supervising the, him on the slide. It was one of those really old metal ones, yep. you know, death traps. <laughs> <laughs> And he went down the slide and rolled somehow strangely and broke his tooth at the bottom of the slide. Mm-hmm. So Dad was dealing with that. And meanwhile, I took the opportunity to just wander off down near a bridge. <laughs> As you do when you're your age. And I fell off the side of the bridge into the – rolled down an embankment and ended up in the creek. <laughs> and was there a lot of screaming? As you? Well, he couldn't find me for a while and then – then it twigged, you know, so he, he – my mother was extremely impressed, him coming home with one kid under the arm with no tooth and the other one with his eye bleeding. So that was more stitches. Like so, yeah, it. clumsy. Great yeah. day out that was, wasn't it? <laughs> well, no wonder he didn't, he didn't forget. Now, Bonsack, Bonsack. The kids didn't call you Ratsack at school, did they? I got Bonnie. Bonnie, that's all right. I got um, no sack. No sack. <laughs> Very I got, Australian. I got ball sack. Can you say that on the radio? Yeah, ball sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But no rat sack. No rat sack, no. Oh, you must have been a very pleasant little kid at school then. Maybe I was. I was quiet. I probably had the stuffing knocked out of me from all those uh, accidents. Right. Yeah. But I, I was, yeah, maybe because of the name, maybe because of the quietness, maybe the bookishness. I was a bit bookish when I went to school. So Yeah, I noticed that's kind of copped a lot of that. Followed you, this bookishness. I noticed you got a black bag there saying, Libraries change lives. What's all that about, uh, Brendan? Is this your hmm. secret uh, little. Um, no, this is uh, this is from a festival. Right. So you don't go to this the library? From the, yeah, of course I go to the library. <laughs> Fitzroy Writers Festival. Right. From right. This is pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. Yeah, so, so that's your life now, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so it's PPE. PPE. Pre-pandemic yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. No, not a, a PTSD. you got PPE <laughs> and you got PTSD. <laughs> now, are your parents still alive? Yep, they're both alive, yeah. and they um, both live in uh, Macedon. Mm. As, as you I, do, as you do, where Macedon. I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about them. What are they? What were they like? Uh, Dad was a uh, an aircraft mechanic. Um, left school at seventeen, I think sixteen or seventeen, tech school in Nidri, and just went straight into. You know, it must have been easy to get jobs in those days. It was definitely easy. <laughs> and you just walked straight into an apprenticeship at yeah. um, Ansett yep. when, when Bob Ansett was running it and um, worked at Essendon, Essendon Airport. And, uh, yeah, he, he has fond memories of that. Amazing. Sounds amazing, you know. Cause yeah, full-time permanent job with all the perks. Yep, yep. And um, he describes <laughs> – he describes <laughs> – Bob Ansett as being a hard man, but occasionally he would be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Occasionally fair. That's better than being hard all the and, time. And he, he, um, he didn't like uh, he didn't like to um, he gave people overtime. He didn't like he this is Dad's words, so he mm. might be recalling it differently. Mm. But um, he didn't like to give people pay rises. But he liked to give people overtime. Mm, so yeah. he would say, um, you know, overtime was flowing freely and people could just get overtime. And even if there wasn't really the work to cover it, mm. um, they could get overtime, but getting a pay rise was difficult. Well, because if you got a pay rise, you'd have to do it across the board. Yeah. But overtime was it well. Yeah, yeah look, I, I worked in an industrial capacity for a number of years and overtime is what you work for. Mm-hmm. You've got the one and a half double pay, then you've got the 15% loading if you did afternoon shift, then, you know, the glory was doing the overnight shift where you did nothing, but and you got paid handsomely. Yeah, but all those things have gone, obviously. Now, getting back, how about your mum? Um, yeah, mum was uh, pretty much a full-time stay-at-home mum. For mm-hmm. She worked in, um, you know, did bookkeeping and things right. like that before she was married, and then when she got married and had kids, it was... A traditional thing, yeah. And then, what? There's four of you. Were there? And there was four of us in the end. Yeah. Um, in the end. What do you mean in the end? What happened? <laughs> she stopped. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a big gap between the four of you, or something. Yeah, there was. There was two of us close together, right. and then there was a gap of maybe about five or six years, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then there was another two. Yeah. Um, and in between that, we had um, the bushfires in right. 1983. We yep. had the, the um, Ash Wednesday bushfires. Yep. Yeah. What were you caught up in that? Yeah, we were. Our house was destroyed in it, oh. so we were caught up. We'll go back to that in a minute. Right, That's in interesting. It, yeah. yeah, I'm interested in that because I was caught up in the 
83 fires. Everybody's forgotten about the 83 fires. I no, haven't. No, I <laughs> I'm imagine. sure you haven't either. No, no we were trying to outrun it. Um, in a car, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, would you, the name Bonsac, it, it kind of um, intrigues me. You got any information about it? Bonsac is German. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be uh, B-O-N-S-A-K. And the... Now, information is sketchy. There are rumours. <laughs> this is what we go on. Bits of stories from... There was a relative who traced a family tree and, and wrote a book, but it wasn't... You know, it was OK, but it wasn't full of detail. But there were little anecdotes that were passed around when that was written. Um... So the word is that somewhere in the mid-1800s, I can't remember the date exactly, uh, there were some um, sausage shop owners. Right. Or what would you call them? Wurst. Wurst. Wurstonals. In in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. Where else would you have sausages but Hamburg? (laughs) (laughs) With chips, yes. And they got into financial trouble Mm -hmm. and they... uh, didn't have the money to barter to get themselves onto a ship coming out to Australia. So they bartered their passage with mm-hmm. a barrel of sausages. Mm. And, yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Came out to Australia on the ship and went into, moved to Gippsland. Did they move to Gippsland originally, did they? I think so, yeah. This is in the 1850s, 1860s. Something like that, right. yeah. yeah. And uh, went to Gippsland and were in the timber industry. Right. So... <laughs> Cleared all that land. <laughs> well, that's fair yeah. enough. You yeah. know, you got to earn a buck. Yeah. Now, but uh, yes, yeah, so there's quite a lot of bonsacs in that area. Right, so you bred prolifically, obviously. Yeah. 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 And somewhere along the line, the sea got added, so it was a uh, you know anglicised. Right. Um, but there is a more famous side. Oh, of that's what this is. What this is what this program is about: famous people. The famous side of. Um, uh, and the dark, the oh, that's even better. <laughs> Famous and dark, uh, in terms of you know rampant capitalism and exploitation oh, of, oh, of humans. Yes, in the United States, there were Bonsacs that went out there, mm. and there was James Albert Bonsac mm-hmm. uh, who lived in, um, I think, Virginia. Mm, like I'm worried where this is going. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine he was probably a uh, slave-owning yeah. family. Yeah. And, um, As is most of the British royal family, so he's in good, he's in good yeah. stead. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he invented the cigarette rolling machine. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, of course, you know, the rest is history. So before that, you used to have people with trays and yeah. they would, you would yeah. go to an establishment and they would roll your cigarette for you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the cigarette rolling machine could roll thousands in an hour, I'm impressed. I've never, I've put never, people out of work. I've never man, I've never met a man or a woman who's a descendant of somebody who's done such an important <laughs> innovation. I am, I, I am, I am, I am honoured. I'm honoured to be here. Usually, I keep that quiet, but you've yeah. somehow teased it out of me. <laughs> Look, Brendan, don't worry. Nobody listens to the program. We brought you under false pretenses. We're actually part of an ASIO investigation into, into your family, and this will never be broadcast okay so you can tell us whatever you like okay now i know and of course you, asio don't know how to use wikipedia obviously well no <laughs> probably not. no no because no, no, they created now i know i know the reason why you anglicized your name and i'm sure you know the reason why is that 
World War One. Yes, Fritz. Probably no, seriously. Mm. Uh, many, many German immigrants, especially in South Australia, where they had a large immigration because of the. Uh, oh, don't worry about the producer. <laughs> Kelly just wanders in and out whenever she likes. That's the way this program runs. It's very informal. <laughs> if you're used to a professional gig, forget about it. Now, getting back. <laughs> so, a lot of the German immigrants had to change, had to anglicise their name during World War I, otherwise they would have been, had their homes burnt or been lynched because the anti-German sentiment, considering the number of people who died on the uh, Western Front, over 60,000 young Australians died well, in, from a population of 5 million was, was, was quite severe and there was a lot of propaganda, like Fritz is going to come to rape and kill your children, all that type of stuff, and... Many of the German immigrants, even though they've been here for generations, like your family, uh, anglicised their names so they wouldn't be, uh, mm. you know, they wouldn't be targets. Let's get back to you. Now you said your dad was in the VFA. I'm very impressed. Mm. I used to be a follower of the VFA when I was a youngster. Yeah, I'm old yeah, enough yeah. to remember them. So what position did he play? Oh, he was mostly on the wing or rover. He was yeah, a yeah. quickie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a quickie. Yeah. 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 Um, who did he play for? Sandringham, I, Northcote. He's played for Sandringham. Yeah. I was a great supporter of Sandringham when I lived in Bayside years ago. I used to go mm. and watch their games. That's once once they got, you know, corporatised and yeah, became yeah. part of. I've forgotten what club they're part of, but it's terrible. But he was uh, he got some gigs um, for the VFL as well as it, as it was then, right? Before yeah. the AFL uh-huh. uh, with North Melbourne. Shinboners. Uh, the Shinboners. The yeah. Shinboners, yeah. yeah. Oh, you'd remember the great kind of struggle between the VFA and the VFL, and then the VFL finally won. <coughs> COVID-19. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, we got the perspex. <coughs> no, but that's there's nothing between you and me. The listeners can't see that. <laughs> that's right, they're listeners, aren't they? Do you want some water? <coughs> no, no, I'll, I'll cough my way through this and, <laughs> and, and infect Brendan, all right? I remember my dad talking about the, the state of the MCG Yes, when he used to play on the MCG and how muddy it was. Just We're going to keep um, chatting while Joe's um, nearly dying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you want some water? Oh, no, it's all right. I will... I'm a man. All right. <laughs> he says, jokingly. But go, go. MCG, state of the MCG. MCG, the, uh, the mud... Yeah. And how, you know, yeah. the way he describes it, because, you know, I've never seen the MCG in that state. Mm, it's all mm, it's like mm, a bowling mm, green now. Mm, mm. He just describes how you couldn't move. There were patches in there where you just, you know, you'd get stuck in it and the ball would just hit the ground and not bounce. That's right. <laughs> you'd have to kind of extract it from the mud. Now, now, obviously, you would have been a god at primary school, your dad being in the VFA and VFL, because it was huge in those days. Yeah, but I don't really remember it being. Um, I think, yeah, it was kind of before I went to school. So he'd already finished by the oh, time I'd finished. Uh, he wasn't so, a, yeah. He wasn't a household. Nobody expected you'd be no, a sporting genius. Not really. There wasn't going to be a father to son kind of rule, and you got incorporated into the shin boners. That was never part of your experience as a young <laughs> young man. God, they wouldn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you weren't you weren't the last boy to be picked. Yeah, yeah, I was for football. Yeah. I was okay at cricket, but uh, yeah. football, I was the yeah. last boy to be picked. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. All right, so you went to primary school locally in Gippsland, or uh, in Macedon? Macedon, yeah. yeah, 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 in Macedon, yeah, yeah, it was. I assume it was idyllic, as they say. <clears throat> it was idyllic. Yeah. It was very cold. Um, we had the. We were on the. We weren't on the mountain. All right. Where the rich people lived. That's right. You're in the miasma territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, remember the miasma uh, theory of health? You don't understand why the rich lived on the hills? Oh, no. No. So there, there was this theory mm. at the end of the 19th century called miasma. Yeah. That there were the bad airs. So the rich would live on the hills. And if you go to Richmond and you look at the where the – you go to any suburb in the inner city, you'll notice the better buildings are on the hill. The poorer people, the working people, used to live in the gullies, and they would die. The kids, about fifty percent of the children, would die before the age of five. This was pre-sewerage, uh, from typhoid, dysentery, all those type of uh, communicable diseases. Mm-hmm. And people thought it was because of the bad air, not because of sanitation, but the bad air. So the rich escaped by building on the hills, and us mob we were left out down there yeah. in, among the sewerage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, so no wonder you lived in Macedon. You know, obviously your dad wasn't a, you know, a, a AFL player with a million dollar contract, no, was it? They didn't no. have. They had to have day jobs in those days. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get. They didn't get paid. Yeah. I, I, once I interviewed a bloke who played for South Melbourne. You know, mm-hmm. and he said uh, they got to the grand final one year. This must have been in the fifties, and they gave him a tram ticket to the MCG. <laughs> <laughs> that was his payment, and then they got a five dollar bonus if they won. <laughs> which they didn't win. So all he got is the tram ticket out of the grand final. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but Macedon was uh, just an amazing place, lovely place. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, especially in autumn, you know, really, really mm. colourful. Mm. Um, and we didn't have horses or anything like that. You know, there were people there who lived on large blocks and they had horses. And, mm. But we were on a fairly small block. Um, and... Uh, but it was just freedom. You could ride your bike anywhere and just, mm. you know, your mum would send you off That's to right. do stuff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. back. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, which was obviously about 30 years before you were, after you were, before you were, <laughs> <laughs> you know, your mum would say, could you please be home before dark? <laughs> and you'd be nine, ten, seven, eight, and you'd be just wandering all over the place. All right, let's get back. So obviously you're a bright student. You didn't go to Macedon Secondary College, did you? No, I went to Gisborne High School. That's even or worse. high tech school in oh, those days. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. High tech school. Yeah, what is, yeah. What's that? Well, it was a technical school, but I don't know. For some reason, they put high in it. Maybe because was it on a hill? No, it wasn't. It was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't high up. No, <laughs> that that was the rivalry. So it was a government school, and it right. had just been built for mm-hmm. the burgeoning population in that area. Right. And it was just after the fires, mm-hmm. the 83 bushfires. Oh, so, let's go back. Yeah, let's go yeah. back. What about the 83 bushfires? Yeah, well, we were caught in that. Um, what do you mean we were caught? Who was caught? The whole that? family. So I remember that was a particularly hot day, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, and wind was fierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that night. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like hell already, you know, even before we knew there was a fire. It was just a horrible night. Um, 
And there was no communication in those days. You just had the phone. That's right. You know, yeah. The dial yeah. phone. So there wasn't even anything on the radio or anything like that. Um, and we got a call from the neighbour saying there's a fire coming and we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I suggest you do the same. Um, and mum and dad, well, mum picked us up, you know, all the kids bundled us into a car. Yeah. A uh, Kingswood. <laughs> Nothing like a Kingswood. And uh, they had a kind of vague plan of going to the school mm-hmm. where there was an oval, you know, an open space. And, Makes sense. And parking there in the mm-hmm. oval. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad stayed behind in a kind of <laughs> futile attempt to, to save the place. Well, well he was a man. He was a man. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> he has to save the family home. So I it understand. was just mum and four kids. My yep. sister was a baby, right. like just an actual baby. baby. Yeah. Uh, driving through the town, which was surrounded by embers, the embers were actually coming in at that stage. There was a huge glow and this fierce rumble um, that you could hear. And it was that glow was just on the horizon, so it wasn't very far away. And uh, we went into the town of Macedon, which you need to go through to get to the school. And there was just embers everywhere. And obviously everyone in the town had the same idea because it was bumper-to-bumper traffic <laughs> <laughs> in this tiny little town. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, so mum was getting a little bit panicked, I remember, thinking, oh, I've got to take evasive action. You know, I'm never going to get to where yeah, I need yeah, to go. Yeah. So she changed the plan and she went to a different footy ground, which was further away, mm-hmm. more towards the mountain and bigger. Uh, and she managed to get there and drove on to there. And that's where we waited out the fire. The people who got trapped in the township of Macedon sought refuge in the pub. Right. And the the publicans basically saved everyone's lives because they got out um, just hoses and stuff like that and just kept the place doused while this fire went around them. There were cars exploding in the street and all that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, they basically saved everyone who was in there. Yeah, can, the, I, can I ask the million-dollar question? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening to Dad? Yeah, well, Dad. <laughs> and that was a question that was on our minds, I can tell you, <laughs> while we're all sitting in the car. Um, because the oval that we went to, uh, that was filling up too. There were probably 100 cars on there. Um, so that was like being at the drive-in. And, and, and the feature was this uh, fire raging all around us. The only thing keeping us away from it was the, the little strip where everyone parks their cars. You know, yeah, yeah. It was... Pretty bloody terrifying. Um, and, yeah, we were thinking, okay, what's happened to Dad? <laughs> we did have two cars. And as it happened, Dad got up onto the roof, filled up the gutters with um, wet rags and mm-hmm. things like that, put wet wags, wet... <laughs> it's all right. He put wet rags on. Yes. That's it. I cough, you have trouble with wet rag. It's all right. Wet rags... <laughs> Along the, uh, you know, under the doors and things like that. Um, But he found that there was no water pressure. (laughs) That's right. You always find. (laughs) So just when you need water, there isn't any. So he gave up and he got in the car and he drove to the school. Mm -hmm. Probably panicked a bit when he saw that we weren't there. But then he thought, okay, where else would she go? Thankfully, they were on the same page and he turned up. Oh, it's good, the other to, good, good so, to see the whole family. 
save. But the house was gone. The house was gone. We spent the night on the Oval with mm. hundreds of other people and then um, CFA arrived. They led a convoy into Gisborne mm-hmm. through down the Mount Macedon Road, which had burning trees over the top of it, but you know they'd cut through those. So we got to the mechanics hall in Gisborne, mm-hmm. and that was like... It was like a refugee camp. <laughs> there were people all over the place. Yeah. The Red mm. Cross were there. and mm. um, I remember, because this is before mobile phones, I remember there was, there was one telephone booth in Gisborne and there was a line stretched for miles right. of people wanting to ring mm. relatives or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was still alive. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been involved in a house fire too and where the house was destroyed and it's... Difficult. So, how difficult was it? Were you insured? Do you know if you were insured or not? Yeah, there was insurance. Um, I don't know the details. No. I was just a kid, but yeah. Um, yeah. there was insurance, and also because at that time, I think the SEC, State Electricity That's Commission, right. yeah. was found at fault. That's at right. least in the area that we were. Yeah, because uh, they were using a chainsaw on a total fire band day. I think. Yeah. 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 So there was compensation as well. Right. So you rebuilt bigger and better? Rebuilt exactly the same house. <laughs> it was a brick house. Yes. And the foundation survived and the chimney right. was there. They bulldozed the chimney, of course. But, um, but, yeah, you just built on the same foundations. My dad built the house himself. Right. So, so how about all those important things, all those photographs and uh, early memories, all those sporting trophies you won and ribbons? What about that? This is gonna, this is embarrassing, but I, I actually uh, in the in those five minutes where my mum said we're going, grab some stuff. <laughs> I saved, <laughs> I saved my under eleven <laughs> cricketing uh, trophy <laughs> and a cricket bat. <laughs> well, you're a and, kid. Yeah, that's what's important. A cricket bat was important to yeah, me yeah. for some reason. Uh, and I think she probably grabbed, you know, birth certificates and things like that. <laughs> photos, yeah. yeah. All right, fair Not enough. many photos, no. no, no. no or we, yeah. we have a kind of, um, we yeah. have this meridian in our family now. Right. So yeah. you've got pre-fire and, and we still call, we still say pre-fire. And post, yeah. yeah. yeah pre-pandemic, so post-pandemic. It looks like was, your whole life's going to be yeah, pre yeah. and post. How so old were you during the fire, Brendan? Uh, about 11. Yeah. 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 I remember um, his cricket bat. He's under, he's under 11 trophies, <laughs> you know. You've got to keep listening to these, these interviews. I'm uh, listening. I'm yeah, listening. look, I'll get worried about you not listening, falling asleep. <laughs> no, you don't. So, <laughs> Subscribe to 3CR. Where else can you hear radical news, analysis, music and opinions? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Thank you, 3CR. We love you. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org. .au, the program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So, yeah, so... Um, and we're I'll, just over halfway through the program. Oh, we haven't even started. We'll have to make it a two-hour program. <laughs> Sorry, Brendan. 
So obviously you graduated from Gisborne High Tech College with what? With what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you an apprentice, ready for an apprenticeship? A, a black eye. A black eye. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a lot of fights and, and a few a few grass fires yeah, that's at, all right. at Gisborne yeah. High. Yeah, well, you're all boys full of testosterone. <laughs> you know. I remember... Uh, I remember Year 12 muck-up day, somebody broke into all the portables because yeah. there weren't many permanent buildings there. Yeah. It was mostly portables and stole all the furniture out of it and yeah. made a big stack on the oval of uh, chairs and tables. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not as good as uh, our muck-up day, 1968, where we stole the principal's car <laughs> and carried it <laughs> and put it on the first floor of something. It was only a small car. But that's all right. So did you have a degree or something? Were you apprenticed, started an apprenticeship after that? No, I went to university. What? Uh, yeah, I went to university. Well, no was, wonder it was high tech college. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. Um, oh, you must have done well. They must have. Uh, yeah, I was okay at um, like humanities kind of subjects. Uh-huh. Don't tell me you did an arts degree. Yeah, I did an arts degree. Where did you do it? RMIT. That's that's all right, in the middle of the city. Yeah, in the city, yeah. yeah well, you went, well, you Commuted every day from Macedon? Uh, for some of it, and then I moved to Melbourne. You moved to Melbourne as an 18-year-old? Uh, would have been, yeah, probably. 19, mm. I think so. I can't remember. It's well, a bit can, hazy. Yeah, well, I can 19, imagine. 19. It's a bit hazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I can think you, so, yeah. Can you regardless of a story or two about your misspent youth? I don't know if I was misspent that much. I was pretty bookish. Um, and I did, it was a... Um, it was a media course. It was media and communications, I think it was called, or something like that. And um, did lots of weird filmmaking with VHS tape, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, weird filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, this was in, you know, um, Deep Velvet or something like that. <laughs> no, nothing like that, no. No, no I can't even describe them. You they know. would have been very abstract. Wandering around the Merry Creek, getting all sorts of abstract kind of things. Mm. We did some film clips in those mm. days, yeah, yeah. Um, for bands. Well, um, this doesn't. This is not leading to anywhere. You know that. You're not going to make any buck out of this. No, no, you won't. No, well, so you won't. You end up on three CR. <laughs> what? You're, you've been here before. Yeah, yeah. I present the um, spoken word show. You're kidding. Yeah. You're a poet. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it, Brendan. His eyes are narrowing. You know those black. You know, you know those black eyes you got at uh, Tech <laughs> College. Why. You're about to get another one. <laughs> you realise you're my son. Oh, <laughs> this is a revelation, listeners. <laughs> Can I tell you the way spoken word began at this radio station? Oh, please do. Yeah, it's about time you learnt about who created you. It wasn't your father. He may have been your biological father. <laughs> I am your 3CR father. <laughs> yeah. This is like Star Wars, you know. <laughs> I do another show called Talk Back with Attitude. Yep. And we used to get poets starting the program every week. It was just terrible. Oh, before the program started? No, no, during the program. Oh, during the program. We'd put them on. Oh, yeah, okay, And yep. I heard so much bad poetry. <laughs> And there was the late Michael Smith. He was part. He was part of the team, right? And, and we just couldn't stand it. So, <laughs> so we said. We said to the poets. We said, 
And uh, so, so they would call up and, and do their poetry. Poetry, and yeah. And, and we were kind enough to let them yeah. do it and, you know, kind of <laughs> yawn. And uh, I've forgotten her name. She's, she's died a number of years ago. Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah. And I said to Rhonda, I said, I said look, why don't you apply <laughs> for a poet's show and talk back with attitude will support your application? And guess what? It worked. It worked. You got spoken words. I'm your daddy. There you go. Thank I'm you your so daddy. Much. <laughs> True story. The poets of Melbourne, thank you. Yeah, no, but it got worse. <laughs> you know, you know, teenagers are rebellious. They are. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah I think um, who was it? Yeah. So you got the spot before us because we wanted to do an hour. We used to do it at nine, but we wanted to go at ten because we're getting elderly, right? <laughs> and so we used to make jokes <laughs> at ten o'clock about the poets, right? <laughs> And at some stage, somebody from your team lodged an official complaint with 3CR mm-hmm. about us making jokes. And I said, bloody rebellious teenagers, <laughs> you know, they've forgotten where they come from. <laughs> Isn't this... That was over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good old Rhonda. I remember Rhonda very well. Yeah. Very I, I never met Rhonda. No, but, um, I remember her very well. I joined after... Um, right. Uh... When did I join? 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's good. I remember because Trump got elected. (laughs) Well, don't blame me for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny, isn't it, how things come around. So, look, I hate to say this. You're going to 1920, you're wandering the streets. When did you become a wage slave? Uh... Around about that same time, yeah. yeah. I did I did work in uh, factories. I remember doing a work in a um, – it was really fun, actually mm-hmm. – um, in a factory that was uh, a local newspaper. Right. And we used to just line up on these benches. It was overnight job. Night shift worked all through the night. And you put the advertising into the, into the newspaper and uh, bundled it up, throw it onto a truck. Mm-hmm. And the funnest job – was this huge recycling bin. Like, it was <laughs> about 10 feet tall and used to get up on a ladder and throw the, you know, the old... The returns. Yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah. And um, you're, easily, you're easily satisfied, Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I wouldn't call that a great job. No, it's not a great job when you think about it, is it? But in those days, I, 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 can't, I found it fun, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it was something about that magical overnight. Oh, there's something like overnight you know, work. There's something really magical about oh. that. And you'd go outside, yeah. you know, for a break, and yeah. everything's so beautiful and calm and quiet. Oh, there's nothing and like overnight that, work. And then that really early morning yeah. when the birds are coming. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I did a lot of overnight work as an accident emergency uh, doctor and... Uh, yeah, I could tell you stories. You <laughs> bastards coming in with cut-off limbs, yeah, falling yeah. into those bins, breaking your neck, well, yeah, making my life a misery. Funny you should say that. <laughs> Somebody actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't say anything more. No, no, no I won't mention who it is. <laughs> but this doesn't seem like a career choice. What, what did you do? Oh, no, what did so do? what, what did I did you... after that was I, I went into uh, making educational videos. So... Um, you used your media studies. To yeah, I used my media studies. Yeah. Um, a small company that was making, back in the days of VHS, when before the internet was really a thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you'd be in the classroom and the teacher would put in a VHS and yep. watch some right. educational video on something. Mm. 
So we made heaps of them on all sorts of subjects. Yeah, yeah tell a us really, that. really low budget. Yeah, okay. My favourite one was a music one that I did. Uh-huh. Um, I went around Melbourne and just interviewed lots of musicians. We didn't have a great budget, so I couldn't interview anyone really famous, but it was mm. great to just go to pubs, right. find a muso that was playing and say, yeah. hey, do you want to do this? No, and obviously they say, yeah. Yeah, they the I can ever get. Well, you know, it's a low budget, but I can pay you more than you just got paid for that gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you two, cu- two, yeah. two, two glasses of beer. Yeah. Or I'll, uh, I'll buy you a schooner. <laughs> And it was great, and they would show off how they, you know, yeah. give little tips on their instruments and things yeah. like that. And I really don't know how it was received in the classroom. The kids were probably just falling asleep, you know? <laughs> but it was enjoyable making them. And you got paid. Yeah. That's the key. You and and you travelled a lot, you know. You met mm. people and you, mm. you got to talk to them. And, mm. Mm. Uh, and with that, I really, I found that I really enjoyed editing. Video editing. I know you. I'm coughing. Not for real. Editing. I, I am in the same Joe's room. apoplectic now. Yeah, we had we we actually had a sound recordist here once, <laughs> and she loved what her job was, and she was one of the fem- first female sound recorders. And now I've got an editor. <laughs> Uh, what does an editor I'm, do? I'm never getting out of here alive, am I? <laughs> oh, you get here out of alive, we'll kick you out. <laughs> but we don't edit, you know that. The, cough, the coffee I did will be on the program. <laughs> now, now, what does an editor do? An editor yeah. makes everything sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to employ you. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> what do you reckon, Kelly? We put him on the payroll? <laughs> That's my job. Yeah, but yeah. I do editing. Do you really? I didn't Not notice. for this show, but for other things. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you know how great it is then. It is a lot of fun. You, it is a lot of fun. I like it too. You've got to have a um, oh, <laughs> attention for, to, for detail. You've got to enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. But also think... be very manipulative as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing, the manipulative part of it. Uh, I think to, to, to put it in a positive light, it is. Uh, it's where you get to shape the story, you know. All oh, right, just wouldn't yeah. need another Putin in the studio. <laughs> All right, editing nerds. Yes, it's propaganda. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> Goebbels eat your heart out. We've got Brendan. He makes you look like an amateur. <laughs> look, this doesn't sound like an income. Did you make any money out of all this stuff? Well, I did when I was making videos, yeah. yeah um, uh, don't make uh, any money at 3CR. No, 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 no. Nobody gets paid. You know <laughs> no, but getting back, I mean, you're a young bloke. You you kind of got stars in your eyes. You've got a future. You're looking for a partner. What happened? You're just stuck in an editing booth. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Um, as you can see, I don't have any eyelids anymore. Because <laughs> it's just, you, you know, you, you, there's no need for sunlight when, no. you're, when you're an editor. Well, did your life kind of move in other directions? I don't particularly want to concentrate on you being an editor. It's kind of nerdy, you know. It did, but we edited that bit out. It did. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Yes, yes, I, uh, I, I met a partner um, when I was young and um, we had two children, mm-hmm. stopped there. Oh, fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah two yeah. children and they're, um, they're young adults now. Yeah. Um, 
and we pretty much stayed close to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to school in various places. Mm-hmm. We sort of lived in Geelong, the western suburbs, the northern suburbs, things mm-hmm. like that. Right. What's, what's wrong with the south? Out of your budget, is it? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Turidan's always a possibility. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all right. Trafalgar. Yeah. Trafalgar. Yeah, you can go... It's all right. I've been down there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice places, especially Turidan. I like the mud at Turidan, but that's a different story. So, I didn't want to go back yeah. to, you know, I talk about the idyllic Mass- Macedon lifestyle, but I think once you become a teenager, yeah. it becomes difficult. Yeah. And I remember it being quite difficult. And, um, you know, it's very kind of, or in those days it was anyway, it was very Anglo. I had one Greek friend, I think it was the, the only Greek in the village, <laughs> you know. It was just so can I be monocultural. You can, know? can I be facetious? <laughs> Did his father own the local fish and chip shop? No. Oh, <laughs> it was a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. um, how hard was it ruining a family? You know, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a rich, you wouldn't be rich with the type of work you were doing. No, no. Um, oh well, money's always a thing, mm. you know. Um, mm. Mm. But I was never, I was never unemployed. I always had an income. Right. I think that that mm. helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to things a bit more interesting than mm-hmm. this financial. Cul-de-sac we find ourselves <laughs> in. You know, I was expecting that you'd kind of donate a few thousand to the radio fund, but obviously you're not going to. Now, spoken word, mm-hmm. does that actually mean you're a poet? Yeah, it does. Really? Yeah. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Isn't that a strange, uh, isn't that a no, strange no, label? Strange. No, 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 no. It's a, there's nothing wrong with being a poet. I've met many of them. That's why we uh, got Rhonda to get her own show. <laughs> now, <laughs> All right, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. What type of poet are you? Are you a concrete poet? Are you a lyrical poet? Mm. You know, I I don't like those labels. All right, yeah. you've got no labels. You're just a poet. Yeah, I just I just make shit up and oh, can you say that? I just make stuff up and um, mm. and read it. Well, can you? Yeah. Do, I know you haven't got any work with you, but you can, can regardless of some work you can uh, remember. Yeah, I can give you something that I remember. Mm. Um. Here's a here's a story. This is from a true story of uh, a woman and a man, a husband and a wife, and the husband faked his own death by drowning and moved in next door <laughs> to the wife, and uh, they lived this kind of secret relationship um, while she reaped the benefits of the uh, life insurance. So this is called Future First Mutual Life Insurance. Mr. Williams putt-putted a small boat out through the heads, slipped over the side, pulled the dark, dark sea around him and emerged on land as Mr. Jones, the pale, kept-to-himself new neighbour of Mrs. Williams' widow with a brand-new car and finally sending the kids to a good school. Word around the clotheslines and the fruit-vine fences was, something's going on, but who are we to poke our noses? A million, they say, the insurance claim. And paid, though they never found his body, so future first mutual kept the change. Those moonlit nights she would steal, out through the hedge, slip down his blinds. Her husband, this man, 
never so alive than since he was dead. Each kiss, each kiss, the invention of breath, and breathless, each kiss would revive them. But change or no change, there would be deeming and claiming in the crawls of the neighbours that this widow Williams must have been faking. And fraud, fraud, a million times fraud, they all cried. Have you no shame, Williams and Jones? No sense of the value of human life? It's people like you make our premiums too high. And Mr Williams, exhumed, spent six years inside. And Mrs Williams resumed, counting the nights into piles like coins for the bills. And well, future first mutual tut-tutted through their people, their balance restored like a hole in the water, and they later bought into Wexton and co, engineers of those fine, precision, military drones, can wipe out a whole wedding for just six million ago. I'm exceptionally impressed, and it's very hard to impress an old bugger like me, you know? So I, <laughs> I, I am impressed. That is poetry. He's good. I know he's good. I've heard him. <laughs> you may have known, but I've never met Brendan. I didn't know that either. That he was a poet? No, not really. You didn't know he was a good poet? No, I didn't. No. and um, Secret. Are they all knocking on your door for an anthology? Oh, I do have some books. Oh, yeah. tell us about them. Yeah. Tell us about the books. Uh, there's quite a few books. There's probably about nine or ten, I oh, think. Tell yeah. us about a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's stuff like that. Mm. Um, I do, uh, you know, the, the Melbourne poetry scene, scene, I hate the word scene. But yeah. Audio books. No, no, they're printed books, yeah. Um, uh, it's all about open mics and sharing, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. It's so eclectic. <sighs> So it's not financial, is it? No, of course it's not financial. No, no one makes money out of poetry books. Not mm. even the publishers make money out of poetry books. No, no, <laughs> no. But you actually... Um... But you do it for... Well, the reason I do it is mm-hmm. for... You perform live. It's sort of like a musician with CDs. Right. You know, you perform live and you have a souvenir. Mm-hmm. You know, and you mm-hmm. might make a few bucks out of selling a book. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just a record that you wrote this. <laughs> yeah. And here yeah. it is. Well, it is a record. It's a permanent record yeah. for as long as it lasts. So if uh, I was looking at your CV, would Poet be on top of the list? Hmm. I haven't had a CV for a long time. Well, I'm asking now. Yeah. Uh would you put that as... as it as, depends as, on what job I was going for. Well, let's just say it was a <laughs> job... Poet, poet it would was be a, there. No, but it was a job that didn't... You know, didn't I mean, in your eyes, what what is your major um, interest and contribution? Would it be poet? Let's forget about the father and all yeah, that yeah, garbage, yeah. you know. But let's look at the real things: poetry, hmm. poetry, yeah, poetry, musician, poet, musician, yeah. musician. Mm-hmm. What do you play? Oh, I play guitar and sing songs. So no. basically, poetry to music, <laughs> poetry to music, but sung, so. Yeah. Sung. Should have got you to bring the guitar in, Brendan. Yeah. We can always bring Brendan in another time and we can actually do a whole show. Mm. So you know what this program is like. We have no boundaries, <laughs> do we? No, except time. Yeah. Just running now. That's our only boundary. Now, can I do you have your sip of water? You know, that's all we can afford to give you. You know, we can't afford to give you tea or coffee or whiskey. <laughs> can you remember the first time you walked into 3CR? Yeah, I can. Um, 
it was when I came to do the training for. No, it wasn't. It was I was an interview. I was an interviewee, actually. What, yeah, what yeah. are we interview for? I think I was interviewed on the spoken word program. So it was well before I actually oh, started. Right, I was right. interviewed on there, and mm. it was Santo Cazzati. Ah, yes, yes, yes remember yes. Santo? Yeah, uh, who's left the program now? Yeah. Um, Yes, he interviewed me in Studio Four. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, and I remember, th- I remember thinking the acoustics aren't very good. The here. acoustics are interesting, <laughs> <laughs> challenging, yeah. challenging. Yeah, yeah, well, we don't have that problem. No, no. but I, uh, can I say I fell in love with Three uh, CR right. when I walked through, right? Because right. I love the. The, the smallness of it. It's like entering a little cocoon. It's very yeah. homely, yeah. you know, because I've been at 3 R. that right. was my other, and PBS. Uh-huh. Um, and they have a much bigger feel, you know. It's, yeah. more, it's a little bit yeah. more impersonal there. Yeah. 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 Well, I'd like to invite you, sorry about, uh, you know, putting, pushing you aside here, Kelly, as the producer, but I'd like to invite you if you can, if you've got the time, to come to our Radiophon program. Ah, yes, in June. Yep, mm-hmm. the, the Radical Australia. You know, maybe come in for 10 minutes and mm-hmm. um, could do a bit of your music and poetry. That would be great. Yeah, it, it, we'll do it. It'll be live between 4 and 5 on a, on a Wednesday. And I think, I think uh, you know, we need to do something to actually get people to donate to Radical Australia. <laughs> And with talent like you, we will make our total. I am positive. <laughs> but with Kelly and myself, it would have been very difficult. Oh, I don't think very so. Boring. Yeah. Very, very boring. And very boring. Yeah, yeah. No, I, rec- <laughs> I reckon. We'll I just rec- get all the musicians to come in that we've interviewed. Well, you could. You get, That'd be uh, great. What's his name? Um, 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 and Tony. Tony, yeah. Everyone loves Tony. You yeah. know Tony, don't yeah. you, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. like him too? Yeah. He's a good yeah. guy? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, good say now let's let's get serious here, Brendan. Okay. I want to be serious here. Do you think this country has a future? <laughs> <laughs> that is serious. How much time do we have left? <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> I don't know that I'm qualified to answer. <laughs> you're a human being. You're yeah, born. We... You're qualified. Well, country has a future. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to say this country, as in Australia, mm-hmm. has a future. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's very grim, I think. I think we're heading, we're really heading down a dark path. <laughs> and uh, if you look at this election that's coming up, you know, what, what sort of choice have you got between these major yeah. parties? It yeah. doesn't really look like we're changing direction. You've got people, scientists screaming, <laughs> saying, you know, we're in deep, deep trouble with climate change. Barely even rates a mention. Mm. You know, um, it's like people are just ignoring these blatant uh, problems that people need to collectively solve, and yet it feels like we're so divided here in this country. Yes, it's uh, look. I live in the country and the city these days, and uh, the divisions are quite stark. And most of them are manufactured. Yeah. They're not real; they're manufactured. Mm. And when you dig into it, it's the, it's the same issues face everybody. So, and that's the thing with I don't understand. Yet, yeah, as you say, the divisions are so manufactured, and yeah. they're so on the surface. Yeah, you know, because basically people just want to be. They want to eat nice food. They want to be loved. They want to be held. 
you know, that's a basic human thing and mm-hmm. pretty much everybody wants that. Yeah, and then – And what, yet you've got this sort of veneer over everything that yeah. makes you say, well, you know, I'm better than that person because yeah. I'm yeah. richer or my colour yeah. of my skin is different or whatever. Yeah. And we get so distracted by these things. Yeah. I don't think about those things anymore. I think about more practical things like shelter, health yeah. care, <laughs> access to health care, you know, future – I mean, obviously, you and I would be worried about the future of our children and grandchildren and our friends. It is a difficult time, but uh, everybody's been... We've been through difficult times, and I think we can resolve these issues. And as you said, these manufactured divisions is what really, really we have to fight against. Well, I have been honoured, and I'm sure Kelly has been honoured, <laughs> to have you in the studio, Mr. Bonsack. <laughs> Mr. I think I'll elevate you and just make you Professor. Professor Boss. <laughs> professor of Poetry and Music. And uh, it'll be a pleasure to see you here on Radio Fonday. Joe, uh, has a, uh, Joe has a spatula and he's knighting me on each shoulder. Well, that's right. Well, it's actually a sore. And if you don't do the right thing, your head will be on the ground. And that means if you don't turn up here on Radio Fon Afternoon, and Kelly will remind you, with your guitar and your brain, because obviously when Brendan did that poem, he just did it all off the cuff. It was all in his head. I was very impressed, very impressed. So thank you very much, Kelly Whitworth, for being the world's greatest it's producer. It's been a pleasure. I've been a great guest, Brendan. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, please don't put him back in the snow town barrel. <laughs> just let him be free. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. This is called The Way It Goes. We'll be watching a man extracting a pram from a hatchback in a car park, his plastic bag catching and strewing apples to a certain bruise, and you will say, why would anybody want to have a baby these days? With the ices melting and the seas waiting to pounce, war makers, madmen in every ounce of news, and mushroom clouds at the edges of our dreaming, and the poisons we eat and dress up as food, the noise and the noise and the noise and the petrol fumes, and the how hard you have to work for a deadlocked door and a simple roof, and the how many ways a child can die, and how wide would that hole be to carry? Why would anybody want to have a baby? And I will say, but just wait till you've held one. They reach out and they touch your cheek as if to say, it's all right, I've got you. Three CR Spoken Word, a taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Rhyming and free verse, bushies and urban, limericks and haiku, raps and freestyle, rants and reflections. 3CR Spoken Word, every Thursday morning, 9 to 9.30, 8.55am on the dial and web streamed on www.3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.